Amen. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? Isaiah 53.10 says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. And that idea there in that word please is that he is satisfied with the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ made. And I'm thankful that when he looks at me, he doesn't see me anymore. He doesn't see my righteousness is because they're as filthy rags, the Bible says. But he sees the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ and he is satisfied. He sees his blood and he is satisfied. And I'm thankful for that this morning. Let's take our Bibles today and turn to Psalm 92. Psalm 92 is where we're going to be. Psalm 92. By the way, one of those girls cannot get married unless the husband gives the daddy a herd of cattle. So um, that is already written in the contract. And so if you know some young men, but he doesn't have access to a herd of cattle, then it's not going to work anyway. Psalm 92 Psalm 92, if you found your place, if you're physically able to stand, if you'll stand with me, we'll allow the children to be dismissed to junior church and to toddler church this morning, Psalm 92. The Bible says a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. I want to bring us a message this morning. This will be part one. We'll look at part two tonight. Look at part three next Sunday morning, but I want to bring a message this morning right from verse number one. Very simply, it is a good thing. It is a good thing. If you have a bulletin, you have the outline on the back there. Let's pray and ask the Lord to help us today. Father, we love you today and we're thankful for what you've done for us. Father, we're thankful as the young lady sang. Father, that you have been satisfied by the sacrifice of your son, by his shed blood, that blood that cleanses and washes away our sins. It's not our works. It's not our righteousness. Father, it is the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is His pure, precious, perfect blood. And Father, if there be someone here today, a teenager, a young person, a young adult, uh, even an older adult, that would, in their heart, would be honest and say, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Father, I pray that today, they would be honest about that fact. And I pray that today they would come and have the blood applied to their lives. And Father, you'll be satisfied with that. And they can forever know that their salvation is settled. They can forever have that confidence and that hope that their sins are covered and cared for and that they're your children. Father, I pray that you'd stir us today, teach us. Father, remind us, most of us know this, but Father, may you remind us that it is a good thing to give thanks. And Father, as we head into this week of Vacation Bible School and Teen War, Father, I pray that you'd stir our hearts to a greater fervency of prayer. 
Father, I pray that you'd help our spirits and our attitudes to be right this week. Help us to wake every morning with a desire to die to self and be yielded to the Spirit so that we can yield and produce and reap the fruit of the Spirit. Father, we need you today. We need you this week. We need you every second, every moment of every day. And Father, we're asking that you would help us right now for these next few moments to clear our thoughts and our minds, to calm our hearts, and just to be attentive to what your word has for us. Father, help us to put the cares of the world, the thoughts, the concerns, the worries, help us to put those aside and help us to be attentive and listen and inclined and bend our ears toward you and how you desire to speak to us this morning from your word. Father, we commit these next few moments to you. We ask that you bless them as only you can. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Psalm 92, the heading there, it's a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. The Israelites, excuse me, the Israelite families possibly sang this song or this psalm as they enjoyed their day of rest on the Sabbath, as they sat around with their families and as they considered and meditated upon the one for whom this day was set aside, possibly as a family they sang or recited this psalm. The Sabbath was set apart for Israel to express adoration and praise to their God, to Jehovah. One of the main subjects of their praise was creation, the works of God's hand. They praised Jehovah as the Creator and for His creation. Our Lord's Day, our Sunday, by the way, we don't recognize the Sabbath. We're in the church age and we have the Lord's Day, we have Sunday. But really, it's, it's no different, it's very akin, it's very similar to the Sabbath day in that we meet and we come together corporately to give praise to God and I would submit for His works just as the nation of Israel did. The Bible says here in verses 4 and 5, the psalmist says, For Thou, Lord, hast made me glad through Thy work. I will triumph in the works of Thy hands. And then in verse number 5, He uses, there's an exclamation, it's an exclamatory statement. And he says, O Lord, how great are thy works. Now here's the problem. We use that word great so much for everything, it loses its meaning when it comes to what the psalmist is trying to reveal to us. How wonderful, how great, how grand God's works are. And he says also, and thy thoughts are very deep. Our VBS this year is a, is a farm theme and the, the motto or the theme for the week is growing with our faithful God. And hopefully the desire this week is for uh, some of the children, if not all the children, to memorize this entire psalm. I, I want you to consider with me, drop down and we'll see these verses next Sunday morning, Lord willing. But look at verses 12 through 15 if you would. The Bible says the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit, notice this, in old age. We don't stop producing fruit just because we get to a certain age and, and we say, well, I, I hear people say sometimes that they've worked in church and they've been faithful to serve for many, many years and even decades 
and they get to the point where they say this, they make this statement, and I pray that none of us will ever make this statement, but they make this statement, I have done my time. First of all, that statement sounds like you've been in prison or something. Okay, so, so that in and of itself, we ought not make that statement, but I've done my time, and the thought is, I've done my service. Now it's time for someone else to serve. Now, I don't disagree. There are times when, when maybe the next generation, they, they have to come and fill some spots that maybe the, the previous generation no longer can fill. I understand that. But the Bible says here that they shall still, verse 14, bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no unrighteousness in Him. And so, this week, the kids are going to be looking at this verse, and, or excuse me, these verses in this chapter, as we think about this matter of growing. The Christian life, when lived in thankful obedience, is good. It's good. It's not a drudgery. It's good. By the way, somebody tell me, what does the word good mean? What's the word good mean? <laughs> what was that? Okay. See, he's a step ahead of me. We we're going to get to that in just a second. But sometimes we don't know how to define a word, but we do know what it means. And we can say good is an apple pie. Okay, she said not bad. Leave it to Miss Megan. Cut right to the chase and right to the point. Okay, so let, let's just... Good has the idea, the meaning of something that has the qualities that are desired. Okay? A good apple pie has the qualities that are desired for me to eat. Right. So, tell me some good things in your life. What, what are some good things in our lives right here on... June the 25th, 2023, what are some good things? Family, okay, whether that be children, whether that be spouse, they have qualities that are desired. We, we love to spend time together. So our family, I would say our church family as well, whether it be a physical family, husband, wife, children, or whether it be a church family, those things are good, right? At least they should be, and I believe they are. What else? Okay, our church, our church, good, qualities to be desired. By the way, the word good also means morally right. It means righteous, okay? And so as a church, we ought to be that, right? We ought to be morally right. We ought to be righteous. What else? Health, freedom. We might say, well, I feel like we're losing some of those freedoms, and, and we are, but we're still a free nation, aren't we? We're still very, very free, very thankful for that. David, you have your hand up? Food. Apple pie again. What else? Ezekiel? Friends are good. What else? What's it say? Our Lord and Savior, absolutely. That's what we're talking about this morning. Did you say something, Miss Patsy? Being able to work. Health. Having the ability, the strength to work. And we could mention a lot of good things this morning. Different facets, different areas of our lives. We have this idea of what is good. But the Bible tells us specifically here in Psalm 92 what is good. This isn't the only thing that's good, but he's, he's honing in on this one subject matter in Psalm 92. 
And he says, it is a good thing. It has the qualities that are desired. It is a good thing to do what? To give thanks. It is a good thing to give thanks. So let me ask us this this morning. We're going to get right into the message here in just a moment. Are you a thankful individual? Are you constantly giving thanks? For whatever. I'm not saying it has to be something spiritual all the time. But do you have a thankful spirit? Your wife fixes a good meal. Sweetie, that was really good. Thank you. Do we do that, men? By the way, if you still have children at home, you ought to do that. Because he helps your children to be thankful. Hey, sweetie, that was a wonderful meal. Or, or, or maybe, ladies, your husband cooked the meal. You tell him thank you. Whatever the situation is, whatever the area, are we a thankful people? Lord, thank you for this. Thank, whether it's a trial. You know, we, we don't want to be thankful in trials many, many times. Brother Jeff spoke about trials this morning. But, you know, many times in trials, God is teaching us. He's training us. We don't always understand it. We don't always necessarily like the timing of it. But God is using it in our lives. Are we thankful for that? By the way, the Bible tells us in the book of Job that many times through the trials, He's trying to refine us, to bring us forth, As what? As gold. Are we thankful for that? And so let's see here this morning. We're primarily just going to look at the first five verses this morning. And I'd like for us to see it is a good thing to give thanks. Number one this morning, it is a good thing to give thanks, first and foremost, to the person who deserves it. It is a good thing to give thanks, first and foremost, to the person who deserves it. Who deserves it? Verse number 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. All caps. Jehovah. And to sing praises unto thy name. And then notice that the last part of verse number 1. O most high. Verse number 2 uses the word thy. Verse number 4. For thou Lord. Who are we talking about? We're talking about God. We're talking specifically here. The psalmist is speaking about Jehovah. He says for thou Lord. Has made me glad. Notice this through thy work, I will triumph in thy works, or excuse me, the works of thy hands. Verse number five, O Lord, thy. It is a good thing to give thanks to the person who deserves it. And listen, dear friend, if you know Christ this morning, there's a person who deserves all of our praise and thanksgiving and gratefulness. And that's the, our Lord and Savior, as Brother Rick said, Jesus Christ. He's the one that deserves all of our praise. He's the one that deserves all of our gratefulness and all of our thankfulness. Listen, I, I, I'm concerned about people who call themselves Christians and they don't ever thank God for anything. By the way, all they ever do is complain. All they ever do is have a sour look on their face. Everything is bad. Everything is against them. By the way, a person that's like that, you know what the problem is? They're self-absorbed. It's all about them. It's, it's all about what somebody has done to them. It's all about what they're going through. It's all about self and self and me and me instead of thinking about someone else and especially thinking about the one who's done everything for them. Number one, it is a good thing to give thanks to the person who deserves it. Why does he deserve it this morning? First of all, he deserve it, excuse me, deserves it because of his works. He deserves it because of his works. Verses 4 and 5. 
What are his works? They would have praised him primarily, not primarily, but one of, one of their main subject matters of praise would have been creation. When they speak here, when it speaks of thy hands, speaking of creation and all the wonders that he does, he deserves it because of his works. But this morning, child of God, think about it this morning. What, what are some of the wonderful... By the way, what, what is the greatest, one of the greatest, if not the greatest works of God's hands? Say it again. I think everybody's saying the same thing. His finished work at Calvary. The nail pierced, nail scarred hands. If we want to talk about the works of his hands, we need to begin right there, don't we? When he spread his arms out, when he spread his legs out and they pierced his feet and they pierced his hands and they nailed him to that cross. That's the work, dear friend, that he did for us. Let me ask you something. Hey, teenager, teenagers, listen to me this morning. Does that matter to you? Yeah, it matters to me, pastors, because when you ask the question at the end of the service this morning and you ask who's saved and who's not saved, it means I can raise my hand. Is that all it means to you? Because here's the thing, if that's all it means to you, I don't think you're probably saved. Now, I'm not God, and I don't know what's in your heart. But the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes to reside, He, he, he creates a new creature. I would never want anybody or cause anybody to doubt their salvation. But listen, we, we live, as we spoke about Wednesday night, we live in a time, it is high time that we awake out of sleep. It's, it's high time that we, we stop just accepting someone coming down and, and laughing and joking and cutting up and, 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 and chewing bubble gum and praying some prayer and thinking that they're saved. We're, it's high time we don't think that. By the way, I don't believe we do. There has to be conviction of sin. There, there has to be a repentant heart. Well, we, we, we got 20 kids to pray the sinner's prayer. Now, if they were genuine in the heart, I'm thankful for that. But just getting a child or even an adult or a teenager to pray a prayer, that's not biblical. There has to be Holy Spirit conviction. The Holy Spirit showing and drawing and coming to that point of decision where they call upon the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. That's the work that He has done for us. It ought to mean something to us. It ought to be important to us. It ought to be more than just ho-hum and, well, we get to go to church or I, or I have to go to church. No, I get to go to church. Do you see what He says in verse number 13? We'll look at this more in depth next, uh, next Sunday morning. But in verse number 13, He says, Those that be planted in the house of the Lord. Are you planted are you planted in God's house? I know this is just a building and I know everything that happens in our Christian lives doesn't just happen here. But if you're planted in the house of God, you're going to flourish or it'll help you to flourish. It'll help you to grow as a Christian. This haphazard come once or twice every now and then, I'm never going to grow. I'm never going to grow. I'm not planted. My roots aren't deep. My roots are deep somewhere else. But they're not deep here. And he says, those 
that be planted in the house of God shall flourish in the courts of our God. It is a good thing to give thanks to the person who deserves it. He deserves it because of his works. Listen, friend, if you're here this morning and you know Christ, he has saved you. That's a Bible word. We shouldn't be afraid of it. He has saved us. What has he saved us from? Sin, death, grave, the hell, excuse me, hell. He saved us from living a life without Him. He saved us so that we can have the abundant Christian life. He doesn't just save, He supplies. He strengthens. He satisfies. Do you see verse 4? What's, what's the word He uses there in verse number 4? I believe it's verse 4. He says, for thou, Lord, hast made me what? Glad. He satisfies. He has made me glad. He has satisfied me. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not satisfied with the things of the world. So many people are trying to fill the void in their life with the things of the world. And by the way, let me say this. It will never be filled. You, you can put more stuff and more stuff. You can put more entertainment, more activity. You can try to get more money. You can try to get more stuff. You can try to get a bigger house and a better car and a better phone and all those different things. And you can try to get those things because you're trying to fill a void. You'll never be satisfied because the void can only be filled by Jesus Christ. For salvation and after salvation. It can only be filled by Jesus Christ. He deserves it because of His works. And what he's done for us. He deserves it secondly. Well, we could. He deserves it secondly because of his wisdom. Verse 5. What is it? It says that his thoughts are what? They're very deep. He deserves it because of his works, but he deserves it because of his wisdom. And he has imparted that wisdom to us through his word. He has given us His Word so that we can walk through this life. And please excuse, I'm not trying to use this word irreverently or in a bad way. But we can live this life and walk through this life not as dummies but as wise people. Not as simple, that's the better word, the Bible word. Not as simpletons but as wise. So let me ask you, the Bible says here, And thy thoughts are very deep. Okay, if his thoughts are very deep, Does that mean he deserves to be listened to? Yeah. Any of y'all deep thinkers? I saw a few people raise their hands. I'm a deep thinker. We do have deep thinkers in here. And then some not so deep. And that's okay. Because God provides the deep thinking for us. He provides the wisdom for us. He deserves thankfulness because of His works and because of His wisdom. Moms and dads, we can get up every day and thank God. It is a good thing to give thanks because God has given us a book that shows us how to raise our children. Even in the year 2023. We still know, we can know, we should know how to raise children in the year 2023 because God has given us a book. He's given us a manual. He's given us His Word. Does God lie? Does He ever lie? Never. Never. Titus chapter 1 tells us that. 
The book of Hebrews tells us that. He never lies. So if he never lies, then can he be listened to? Should he be listened to? Absolutely. He deserves it because of his works, because of his wisdom. And then thirdly, this is what we've been talking about. He deserves it because of his who. Who he is. He's God. He's the Lord. He's the creator. He's the Savior. And friend, let me say this. If you're in here today and you know Christ as Savior, praise God for that. But if you're in here today and you either don't know or you have some doubts about that, why don't you settle that today? He did all the works. The works of His hands. He did all the work on the cross of Calvary. When He cried out, it is finished. It was finished. I don't have to add anything to it. I don't have to make it harder than it is. I just have to receive His finished work by faith for salvation. Don't make it hard. It was difficult for Him. He's the one that suffered. He's the one that took the sin of all mankind upon His body. It was difficult for a pure, holy, righteous God. But for us, we just come in simple faith and repentance and call upon the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, shall be saved. Now listen, it's, it's simpler for us than it was for Him. But here's the thing, don't be irreverent about it. It's serious business. It's not just a matter of, well, I prayed a prayer and I called upon Him. No, 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 did you do it with a genuine heart? Romans chapter 10, the Bible says that our belief begins where? In the heart. I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve hell. We talk about the person who deserves it. He deserves thanks. What do we deserve? We deserve punishment. We deserve hell. We deserve everything we get. I know I'm a sinner. I know I deserve punishment. I know I deserve judgment. For it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this a judgment. Lord, I know I deserve that. But Lord, I also know that your son came and died on the cross of Calvary for me. He shed his precious blood, that, that blood that is efficacious, that blood that is sufficient, that blood that is supreme, that blood that was pure, the only perfect sacrifice for mankind. And Lord, I, that blood, I want it applied to my life and I'm calling upon you for salvation. Have you been saved? Do you know Christ as Savior this morning? Do you? You say, Pastor, you're trying to get people to doubt. Absolutely not. I want people to be sure. I want you to be sure. I want you to know that you've called upon the Lord Jesus Christ and Him alone for the salvation of your eternal soul. We're only... Listen. I'm going to get to these last two quickly. Listen, we're only going to live here for a short amount of time. The Bible speaks of three score and ten. It speaks about 70 years. And it speaks about, you know, if, if we live four score, you may live 80, you may live 90, you may live 100. But that's so short. That's so short in comparison to eternity. Don't give yourself to now. Give yourself to then. 
Don't give yourself to here, to this earth, to the world, the flesh, and the devil. Give yourself to there. You know, we, we ask the question, what, 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 what are some good things in your life? One of the, a couple of things I wrote down, American citizenship. I'm glad I'm an, I'm an American. I'm glad I'm a Tennessean too. I'm very thankful for that. But you know what? I also put down my heavenly citizenship. The Bible says it's as if I'm already in the heavenlies. As thankful as I am to be a Tennessean, and I love this place, and if, if the Lord would ever move me, that's fine, but I pray that He never does. I, 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 I'm thankful I was born here. I'm thankful I still have the opportunity to live here. But I better not put my roots deep in the soil of Tennessee dirt because I'm only here for a while. And that's not a statement to say you shouldn't have land or home. That's not what I'm saying at all. Spiritually speaking, I should not put my roots so deep because I have a heavenly citizenship. Number one, it's a good thing to give thanks to the person who deserves it. He deserves it because of his works, because of his wisdom, and just because of his who. Dear friend, I, I, I beg and plead with you, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, you're not sure, either you know it specifically, you know it clearly, you know it thoroughly, or maybe you have doubts. Don't leave here today without settling that. He paid the price. Verse, verses 4 and 5, verse 5, O Lord, how great are thy works! I will triumph. In the works of thy hands. Not in the works of my hands. But I will triumph in the works of your hands. Yes, and I believe that we can absolutely apply it. And I believe there may even be a reference there to the hands that were pierced and scarred on the cross of Calvary. That's how we triumph. Number two, number one. It's a good thing to give thanks to the person who deserves it. Number two. It is a good thing to give thanks with praise which declares it. So if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I know that I'm saved. Okay. Praise God for that. Are you praising Him? Are you letting it be known? It's a good thing to give thanks to the person who deserves it. It's a good thing to give thanks with praise which declares it. It declares my thanksgiving. My praise, by the way, not just with my lips, we'll see that in just a second, but just with my whole being. It declares my thanks for Him. Look what the Bible says here in verse 1. So how do we do that? Look, first of all, my praise is declared when I sing. Verse 1. It's a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High. Okay, I'm not going to stay here long because we talk about it. We've talked about it before. Pastor, I'm just, I don't have a good voice. doesn't matter. We ought to sing because we're praising Him. By the way, even if it's just in your car, I don't want to, I don't want to, we ought to sing in church because that's what we're doing. We're corporately coming together to sing praises unto Him. That's part of it. I'm just, I don't have a good voice. Okay, who gave you the voice? Seriously, who gave you the voice? Now, I understand voices can be trained. Okay, but who gave you the voice that you have? So he knew what kind of voice you would have, right? So sing. He just wants the, the song. Now, we should do it right. I'm not, I'm not speaking about being 
loose and unskilled and all that, sometimes we, we can put a badge of honor on just being, what's the word? I don't I want to use the right word. I don't know. But sing. My praise for his works and for his wisdom and simply who he is is declared when I sing. Number two, it's declared when I show. Look at verse number two. It's declared when I sing. Number two, it's declared when I show. Now, it goes along with the singing because the singing helps us to show. But verse number two, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. To show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. Now, the idea here in verse number two, I believe, can be twofold. God is faithful all the time, morning and night. He shows his loving kindness in the morning and at night. But I also believe we ought to sing, we ought to give praise, we ought to show morning and night. All the time. We're showing forth His praise. And then look at verse number 3. Not only is it declared when I sing and I show, but number 3, it's declared when I sacrifice. The Bible says, verse number 3, Upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon the psaltery, upon the harp, with a solemn sound. So you have instruments here, and some believe the, the psaltery may be akin to the harp or the, the, the dulcimer, and some believe that that tin string maybe is referring to a lute. We don't know for sure, but it's speaking about stringed instruments. I mean, how many of you can play a stringed instrument? Now, there are some exceptions, and I know this. There are some people that can just pick it up and play. If you're one of those, don't raise your hand. But how many of you who can play, it took you time to practice to learn how to play? It takes time. It takes time. When Miss Joe gets up here and plays on the piano, that doesn't just happen. She practices throughout the week. She wants to know the songs early so she can practice so they're ready to go, so that they sound beautiful to the ones who are listening. A person who can play an instrument, he doesn't normally, normally doesn't just pick it up and begin to play. Normally doesn't just sit down at a piano. Now I know there are exceptions, but normally doesn't just sit down at a piano and begin to play. Normally doesn't just pick up a a, a violin and begin to play or a cello or whatever. It takes time. You know what it takes? Sacrifice. And if I'm going to praise my God who deserves it, and if I'm going to let it be declared and let it be made known, take some sacrifice. Whether it's practicing an instrument, you don't have to play an instrument to sacrifice. But the idea there is that it's sacrifice. I love Him enough and I'm thankful enough because of what He's done for me for whatever... We mentioned this last week. The counselors that went with us last week to camp, they sacrificed. What did they sacrifice? What did they sacrifice? Time. They sacrificed vacation. Just about everybody that went to camp last week as a counselor sacrificed a week of vacation. As a that's sacrifice. That means a lot to a pastor who knows his people loves, they love their juniors and their teens enough to say, hey, I want to spend time with them this week. Yeah, I enjoy the ranch, but it's not a vacation. 
But I love it because I get to be with the kids and I get to hear the preaching and I get to see the preaching affect their lives and it affects my life. That is sacrifice. And when I sacrifice for my God, I am declaring to the world how thankful I am for Him and to Him. Let me ask you, when was the last time you sacrificed? Whether it was money, whether it was time, whether it was your, your practice time, whatever, when was the last time you sacrificed? Well, I, I need to go practice my instrument. But boy, it's summertime, I'm going to play. I'm not even going to mention that. I've mentioned that too much the last two weeks. But I want to do this. Sacrifice says, no, I want to learn how to play this instrument better for my God. And so I'm going to sacrifice that activity. Sacrifice. What does it do? It declares my praise. It declares how thankful I am to Him. Number one, it is good to give thanks to the person who deserves it. It is a good thing to give thanks with praise, which declares it. Whether it's singing, whether it's showing. He says there in verse 2, morning and at night, the faithfulness of God, the loving kindness of God. You can still be going through a trial and still praising God for how faithful He is. And for His loving kindness. Then number three, it's a good thing to give thanks for the pleasure which demands it. All these three really go together, but for the pleasure which demands it. Would you look at verse 4? The Bible says, For thou, Lord, hast made me... What's the word again? We mentioned it earlier. It's made me glad. Thou hast made me glad. The idea there is satisfied. The idea, the idea excuse me, is pleased. He says, For thou hast made me glad through thy work. Whether, whether the psalmist is, is working with God, he's working in, in, the, in the, uh, the temple, in the tabernacle, uh, he's singing. May, may, maybe the psalmist is a musician. Maybe he's in the choir. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. The work that you're doing through me and the work that you're allowing me to do working through me and out of me through thy work. I will triumph in the work of thy hands. It's a good thing to give thanks for the pleasure which demands it. Everything good God does for us, it satisfies us, it makes us glad, it pleases us. And by the way, not a fleshly pleasure. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a spiritual gladness, a spiritual pleasure. Look at, look at chapter 93. Look at Psalm 93, verse number 5. Actually, look at verse number 4. It says, the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Verse 5, thy testimonies are very sure. Hey, what I know about you, we spoke about this last Sunday morning, taking inventory of God and who He is and what He's done. And when we do that, we are assured of who He is. We don't have any doubts about who He is. And He says, thy testimonies are very sure. Notice this, holiness becometh thine house. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. Now keep that, keep that thought in your mind and look with me at Psalm 143, excuse me, 147. Psalm 147. It is a good thing to give thanks for the pleasure 
the satisfaction that God brings to our lives. Not, not the fleshly satisfaction, the spiritual satisfaction. When He, when he works, when he, when he saves, and when He supplies for the pleasure which demands my thankfulness. Psalm 147, verse 1, the Bible says, Praise ye the Lord. Here we go. For it is good to sing praises unto our God. Why? For it is what? Pleasant. And praise is what? Comely. What does that mean? What is that word comely? What's the idea of it? Huh? It's attractive. It's appropriate. You know what the psalmist is saying there? Praise ought to be what we do. It's appropriate. It's attractive. Praise ought to be as children of God who we are because of who He is, because of His works, because of His wisdom, because He deserves it. Praise is comely for the Christian. It's appropriate. It, in other words, it becomes us, doesn't it? Ladies, you ever had another lady tell you, oh, that outfit's just not very becoming on you. They probably didn't, but some may, some may have the nerve to say, you know, be honest, that, my God, I want to go change. It's not becoming on you. Can I say that? Complaining doesn't become a Christian. Pray, praise does. Praise does. Two things there under number three if you're taking notes. A happy people should be a holy people. A happy people should be a holy people. Remember what we read in Psalm 93, verse number five? Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house. Now, the temple and the tabernacle, that house. But the Bible says that as a Christian, I am his temple, right? The Holy Spirit resides in here. Holiness becomes your house. A happy people, a thankful people, a grateful people should be a holy people. It is a good thing to give thanks to the person who deserves it. He deserves it. LeBron James doesn't deserve it. Whatever Hollywood actor we want to fill in, they don't deserve it. Whatever pop star, country music singer, they don't deserve it. But God does. He deserves my praise. Remember when Beverly and I were first married, she was teaching a little kid's Sunday school, probably first through third graders. One of the little boys came in class, and I forget what they were talking about, but they were talking about something. They were talking about people and um, just mentioning different people. And this little boy, again, he's probably first or second grade, and this was a long time ago. But uh, he told my wife in Sunday school class, he said, Britney Spears is the best. <laughs> Most of y'all don't even know who that is, and that's a good thing. But he said, Britney Spears is the best. Boy, just... You know what, kids... Kids tell what goes on in their homes. 
And this kid's first or second grade. He's not listening to that on his own. But he's praising in his little heart and his little mind some pop star who is godless and cares nothing about your Savior and my Savior. He deserves it. Nobody else does. And he deserves my praise that declares to this whole world how thankful I am for him. And he deserves it for the pleasure, the satisfaction, the gladness that he brings to my life spiritually. It's a good thing to give praise. Hey, friend, this morning, believer, are you a praiser or a complainer? I get it. We can all fall into the trap. Things don't go well one day, and boy, just we can just spew out what we're not happy about. I get it. I'm talking about as a general rule. Are you a praiser or a complainer? Secondly, this morning, friend, do you know that you're saved? Have you partaken of the works of His hands? He deserves it because of His works. He did all of the work. We only triumph in salvation and after salvation. We only triumph, verse 4 says, through His hands, not through our own. Hey, anything that's done this week in Vacation Bible School and Teen War, anything that is accomplished this week is going to be accomplished because of the Lord Jesus Christ, not because of anybody else. Well, it's going to be good because we have great snacks. We ought to have good snacks. We ought to have good games. That keeps them coming back. But listen, that's not what accomplishes anything. It is the work of God. He gives the increase. We're just supposed to do our responsibility. And then He gives the increase because we triumph through His hands. God help us. God help us to acknowledge that today. Father, we love You. Father, I pray that we've been reminded this morning that it is a good thing to give thanks to You, O Most High. And Father, I do pray if there would be some this morning who have doubts about their salvation or who just know, I've never been saved. I've never called upon the Lord Jesus Christ for the salvation of my soul. I, I, I am I'm relying upon my baptism. I'm relying upon my church membership. I'm relying upon how good I think I am or the fact that I'm a little bit better than the next person. Oh, dear Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would convict hearts this morning if needed. And I pray that we'd do business with you today as we should. And Father, we'll surely thank you for it. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. If you would stand, if you're physically able this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed. Miss Joe's at the piano. The invitation's already been given. Dear friend, if you need to come, come. Believer, if you need to come and just say, Lord, I want to be a praiser, not a complainer. You deserve it. Friend, do you know Christ? Are you in Christ? As the book of Ephesians says over and over and over again, are you in Christ? If death were to take you today, if the trumpet were to sound today, would you be headed to heaven? Would you meet the Lord in the air? If death were to take you today, do you know that you would, after you take your last breath here, you just step right over the threshold into eternity with your Savior? Do you know that? The Bible says to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. Do you know that you're ready for death?
It's not something to play games about. It's not something to laugh and snicker about. We're talking about eternity. We're talking about heaven or hell. We're talking about no condemnation or condemnation. But the wonderful thing is, He's already done it all. It's paid in full. I will praise Him, the song says. Praise the Lamb for sinners slain. Gave His life for wicked, wretched sinners like us. But God commendeth His love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I will praise Him. Blessed be the name of Jesus, the song says. I'm so glad I entered in. Have you entered in? He's forgiven my transgression, has He? He has cleansed my heart from sin. I will praise Him. Give Him glory, all you people, the song says. For His blood has washed away each stain. Amen. Would you look this way? Thank you so much for your attention today, for your attendance. Look forward to seeing you back tonight at 6 o'clock. Again, if you can help tear some things down, not tear things up, but just take things down. Uh, that would be a tremendous help. We'll get things moved out of the way so we can decorate this afternoon. Parents, if your teens can stay and help us decorate this afternoon, that would be a tremendous help, and we would be so grateful for it. Let's pray. We'll be dismissed in a word of prayer. Ask the Lord to give us a good afternoon. Brother Caleb Bickle, would you pray for us, please, sir?